。皆さん、お疲れ様でした。外人弁当です。楽しましょうよね。Hello and welcome to another episode of Gaijin Bento. My name is Sage, a podcast made for degenerate weebs and Japan enthusiasts. We talk about all kinds of Japanese culture and media. You guys aren't crazy. We are missing something super, super important the pizzazz. I'm just kidding. We're missing our fearless leader, Brian. It's really hard to talk about, guys, but Brian packed up all his recording equipment. He sent me the rudest message. It said, Dear Sage, I hate you from Brian. And I was like, I know, but like, bro, it kind of hurt. I'm just playing. So, as per last episode, we discussed that Brian will be going to mainland Kagoshima to retake his driver's test. Fun stuff, right? I remember when I took my、uh, driver's test. That's a whole story in itself. I was one of those kids who was kind of overly nervous about driving. I'm sure a lot of people can agree. You know, you're behind like machinery that, first of all, weighs a lot. And two, it's just if you don't have a great control over it, a lot of things can go wrong. But, you know, if you practice and you get more comfortable, then you have nothing to worry about, which is what I've been trying to tell Brian. Of course, that's easier said than done. Because, first of all, you know, it's a, the language barrier of trying to get instructions in Japanese. And we know Brian is doing great with his Japanese. Quite honestly, he does much better than I do because he's currently living there and、uh, he's much better at studying. I was one of those kids that never studied. So, therefore, my uh, Japanese uh, abilities have kind, of,、uh, have kind of tanked because of that. But, anyways, I'm, I'm sure that's not easy. First of all, there's the nerves of trying to make sure you're doing everything right. And two, you're trying to pay attention to your instructor. And if the entire thing is in a language that's not your native language, you know, you, you might need a minute to process that. So I'm sure it's kind of stressful for him, but I know he really wants to take this test. So I was just imagining a way that I could kind of give him a good send off, you know, kind of hype him up, get him, get him ready to just crush this thing. You know, if I was still in the punk rock business, I think I could, I think I could make him a song, you know, like something fun, something like high energy to, to just get him in the right zone to just knock this out of the park. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking it might sound a little something like this. About 
7.30 p.m. Of course, this is central time. I'm in the I'm in the U.S., but it is a very special day today. You guessed it. It is Brian's birthday. I know, right? First of all, he's got to go out and take his test. Now it's his birthday. Like, what is this podcast like all about him? Well, it kind of is because he's the one who started it. So <laughs> I think we can take a little bit of time to celebrate our favorite short king. He's going to kill me for saying that on his birthday. Oh my gosh, geez, Brian, if we, if we were to put candles on his cake, the entire cake would be on fire. Uh, <laughs> honestly, Brian's not that old. He's, uh, he's only about a year older than me, so I guess I'm trying to say that I'm old. It's so interesting because usually on Brian's birthday, usually we're in the same place or we're in at least the same state, but that hasn't been the case for the past little over a year. I remember one of the last times we celebrated his birthday, we went to a really fun place that we both love. We've talked about breweries and our love of craft beer, because that's what you do in the Midwest. You you like craft beer, or um, I guess you just go fuck yourself. But (laughs) anyways, we like to go to this one brewery called Imperial Oak, and they have a very nice inside, so you can um, just hang out indoors, depending on how the weather is. But they also have a nice, like, outside seating area, kind of like a patio vibe. And they also have a bags, a couple um, things where you can play bags or cornhole or whatever. And I remember, I think it was his birthday, maybe two or three years ago we went. And uh, it was a nice toasty day, you know, July. It was nice and warm getting lit off of several beers. We probably ordered pizza or something fun because the the brewery itself doesn't serve food, but they don't care if you have food ordered so long as you're giving them your business. So we had um, had some good food. We had a lot of beer. And then we decided once it was less hot, the sun had kind of gone down or it was going down at that point. So we went back outside to, you know, enjoy hanging out outside while we were drinking. And we were like, let's just just play bags. Like, why not? I think we played for like two and a half hours. (laughs) It was ridiculous. I don't think I've ever played bags for that long. I just remember having so much fun because I was with my best friend and we were super lit. And uh, yeah, it was was a good time. I I always miss Brian. I tell him this all the time. I don't want to get too sentimental here, but I just think about, yeah, usually we try to get together for each other's birthdays, but between COVID and then between, you know, him being on the other side of the world, which I am so excited for him, so happy for him, rooting for him. And I know he's out there living his best life with all the stuff he posts on Instagram to all the stories that he shares with us here on the podcast. I know he's going to have a a good birthday. I'm sure he's going to have an interesting story. I bet, uh, I bet if his coworkers know, because they sound like some, some party animals from what he shared with us here in, uh, in previous episodes. But I wonder, wonder if they're going to take him out or I wonder if he's going to treat himself to that maid cafe again. You know, who knows? Who knows? I hope he gets to enjoy things, too, and not get super stressed for that test. So and uh, an extra happy birthday, Brian. And uh, please, please pass your test. I don't know what I'm going to do if you don't. It's going to be kind of sad. Oh, some some extra fun facts. So the reason why I think Brian has nothing to worry about, and he's he's going to get this once he kind of understands, like, maybe more in depth, the instructions and kind of like what they're looking for, for him to do now that he's done it a few times. He drives a stick shift back in the States. Anybody that 
either younger generation or anybody that's never driven a, a stick shift. This this is myself included, but I remember from the driver's ed simula- uh, simulators, it's just way more involved. There's way more you have to worry about. You have to shift gears every time you go from like 20 some miles an hour into like, you know, a higher speed, like 10 miles higher. You have to like shift again. So there's a lot more you have to be paying attention to besides just, you know, routinely checking your mirrors and stuff. So this is why I know that Brian's going to do, he's going to do great once he gets his groove because back home, the car he drives to me, I don't know how I could drive a stick shift. I can barely drive an automatic sometimes. Sometimes I think I don't deserve my license, but every time I've been with Brian in his car, I always joke with him. I'm like, are you going to get us killed? But no, he's fantastic. And if he didn't know stick shift before getting that car, he figured it the hell out. And it's just, everything is so smooth. He's so confident with it. And I feel like that is so tough. And I don't think the car that he has in Japan is a stick. I'm pretty sure it's automatic. If it isn't, well then I don't see that's a problem really either for him because he, he mastered it in the US. So I'm, I'm fairly certain he's going to, he's going to kill it. He just has to, you know, make sure that he's doing things at the right time and all that kind of like what he was explaining before about the test. So just sending some good positive vibes out into the, uh, out into the world. Hopefully they reach him for his test and for his birthday. Can't believe he ditched us on his birthday. You know, I had this whole thing planned. I was going to roast the heck out of him. I was going to start off like, Brian, why don't we tell everybody about how we met exactly? And he'd be like, uh, how's that go again? And I'd have to be like, oh, oh my goodness. You're just, you're so old. See, you've already gone, you've gone too many times around the earth. You're starting to lose your memory already. So Brian and I have mentioned before that we met in college. Oh my God, that's so original. Best friends, millennial best friends who met in college. Wow, that story has never been done before. Well, I bet you this one has never been done before. We've mentioned before that we both are audio engineers, sound designers. We like to mess with music, sound effects, all sorts of that kind of stuff. We went to school in Chicago for that. And while we were doing our um, orientation, because we were both transfer students, we both did community college to save a little bit of money before, you know, giving out all our life savings to, you know, the president of our college. (laughs) But I digress. So we were at um, our transfer student orientations. They were giving some tours to different parts of the building, depending on what your major was. So we were, you know, checking out all the audio stuff. None of us in the group were really like, mingling with each other because we were mostly, I think, just paying attention to like the guide and and trying to take in everything that they were telling us about the program and the school. And it was really cold out too, because it was, it was like January. So January's in Chicago are pretty awful because that wind just like rips the skin off of your, like of your bones. Anybody that's been there or anybody that's in a climate that's very similar, like, you know, that feeling that, oof, like you cannot get warm enough, even if like you stand right in front of a heater after being on State Street when the wind just comes hurtling at you. Oof, like, good luck. Anyways, we started talking because we had a little downtime um, in part of our tour. At that point, I think maybe some of the jackets were kind of like unzipped because I noticed he was wearing a shirt of a band that I listened to occasionally. And that band was Trivium. I remember going up to him and being like, oh, dude, that's an awesome shirt. I like Trivium. <laughs> what uh if we were doing a true roast for Brian, how I would have described that story was I would have been like, oh hey man, nice shirt. And then Brian would have responded, 
Ah, I see you also have bad taste in music. My name is Brian. Sometimes they call me Brain. And I'd be like, oh, that's kind of a weird thing to call somebody, don't you think? And then he would say, please call me Brain. And then everyone clapped. And in short, that's uh, that's how we met. Yeah, we uh, bonded over his shirt, Trivium, and we talked a little bit about music and metal. And then we kind of like hung out around each other for like the rest of the tour. And I remember getting a text from my mom and my mom is like super friendly. She's very much an extrovert. So she was already, the parents were, I think, in a, they were still back at a different part of the orientation. Like they were all getting information and then um, mingling either with like staff or each other. So my mom <laughs> texted me basically saying that she already made a new friend and she was chatting with um, one of the dads of somebody on my tour. And she said, oh, have you talked to anybody named Josh yet? I met his dad. And so she was telling me all about how like, that's how she knew what his name was and how he's also studying the same thing that I was. So when Brian and I got back to the main building, cause they had lunch and stuff waiting for us. That's when we got introduced to our friend, Josh, who we would love to have him on the podcast sometime. So Josh, if you were creeping, if you were lurking out there in the void, my dude, this is your invitation. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We'll get you one day. The three of us then from that day um, on kind of became thick as thieves. And whether it was um, just all getting lunch together, because we had a few classes together, I ended up changing my major slightly to do like a different area with an audio. We saw each other multiple times a week. I would have them over at my dorm all the time. We'd go get lunch. We'd go hang out. And in the summer, same thing. We'd go to each other's like actual houses. My gosh, it's been... It's been, it's been a while. Let's see. Can I do math? Let's see. I met them in 2016. So I've known them for six years. My goodness. But those have been some awesome six years. Brian is how we um, met our friend Eric, who has been featured on the podcast in previous episodes. And we'd love to have him back because Eric, it turns out um, the people love you more than they love us. No, it's true. Look at our analytics and you'll see. <laughs> And uh, it's always fun to have um, our pals on here. Well, we've only had the one, but uh, I'm sure it'll be fun in the future when we have more guest podcastees. But as I was saying before, uh, our friend Eric, I met him through Brian. And Eric was also going to school in Chicago, different school. But, you know, we were all pretty close. Some of his um, classes were at buildings in the loop. Same thing with ours. So we'd all kind of coordinate and figure stuff out and we'd hang out together. And yeah, that was the, that was our weird, strange little friend group in a nutshell. And I think that just kind of shows you how Brian is just such a fun dude and he's a really good friend. And that's why I'm not surprised that he's always getting like invited to places, like all the stories he tells us about, um, like he's making friends with owners of bars out in Japan. He's going to, you know, he's going to be in that band. Like, he's going to join that band, like those guys that he was practicing with. How can they not? Brian's a great guitarist, first of all. And second, he just is a fun person to be around. He's funny. He's interesting. He said to me before we made this podcast, I don't think I'm interesting enough to do this on my own. Do you want to be my co-host? And I laughed because he is so interesting. He really is. And... I know we are all our own worst critic. I would say the same thing about myself, but I can say without a doubt that Brian is definitely not 
boring. He's not. He's so out there. He's so goofy. Sometimes he is so unhinged that I'm a little bit worried. But I remember that's just his brand. And I wouldn't want it any other way. I don't think anybody else would that knows him, too. You know, that's just kind of that's his thing. You can always expect him to be goofy, be just super fascinating, serious and, you know, grounded when you need him to be. But I love the fact that he just is so like you're not quite sure what he's going to do. Like sometimes when he just starts singing randomly on the podcast and it just it makes me it makes me giggle because he just it's almost like a theater kid without like all the annoying stuff that comes with theater kids. Though we him and I are definitely annoying. That time when um <laughs> we pissed off the person in front of us on our flight to Florida because uh we were kind of tapping on the back of the seat and it was a little bit too loud and the person like could definitely hear it was us. So the guy turned around, but he looked like specifically at Brian. <laughs> felt so bad because I was kind of doing it too but <laughs> he looked at Brian and was like could you stop <laughs> and that was before we even got off the ground too so we had uh, about two and a half hours with this angry man in front of us <laughs> but that's just a kind of uh, silly interesting degenerate type stuff we do and uh, yeah so anyways <laughs> not to get too uh, emotional or sentimental geez I'm talking like Brian's dead or something I hope he's not. Nah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. (laughs) So anyways, we haven't talked about anime in a hot minute. And because that is my area of partial expertise, I thought we could go over some fun new things. So I did not realize that this was announced at Anime Expo, but it absolutely makes sense because just like, you know, Disney Expo and like all the other big pop culture type events, they like to talk about like what's going to be upcoming, things to get excited for, all around hype and um, getting people kind of involved and catching up on what they have to offer. I know it's not Japanese, but there is a Korean manga. It's also called like a webtoon is usually how I see it described. And it's called Solo Leveling. And I don't know if anybody has read it before, but back in November, my uncle, who's also a weeb, recommended I read that because he had read it and it was really good. And I started reading it. I'm still actually not finished because I wanted to pace myself. I learned the hard way with Demon Slayer. You know, if you read it all, then you got to wait <laughs> for, you know, the any of the actual like animation to come out. So anyways, with solo leveling, it was, it was just a webcomic. And I was just really excited because I think it's still being written too. Um, but then I heard that it was being picked up to be turned into an anime. And of course I was like, okay, well, let me check the source because sometimes my hopes get up and you know, it's, it's a trash source or it's just, you know, they're just speculating. It's nothing, nothing set in stone. Well, I did some research and when I say research, you know, I mean, I just typed it into Google and sure enough, solo leveling is finally going to become a series. And it's getting picked up by the studio A1, uh, A1 Pictures. Kaguya-sama Love is War is something pretty well known by them. Uh, fans will also probably know um, Fairy Tale, uh, Black Butler, um, Blue Exorcist, Sword Art Online, which honestly, um, I will say for anybody who's a fan of Sword Art Online, you will definitely like Solo Leveling. It is, I wouldn't say it's the same story, 
a lot of similarities, but it's very unique in its own right. And um, it just, and if you like the idea of RPG, like online, that online gameplay. So like, you know, WoW, League of Legends, stuff like that, which is why a lot of people I think like Sword Art Online, you will definitely love solo leveling. And for those that don't know the premise, never heard it before, I'm going to read a quick little excerpt just so you guys can kind of get a taste. So it is... The series is set in a fantasy world full of characters called hunters who possess magical powers. It follows a character named Sung Jinwoo, who is one of the weakest hunters in the world, before a mysterious force gives him the ability to level up, hence the name Solo Leveling. He quickly becomes stronger and stronger, surpassing those that once thought him weak. And so it was originally based on a South Korean web novel written by Chu Gong, which gained um, more popularity when it was turned into a digital comic. I think even before it was announced that they were picking this up as a series, more and more people were, were getting into it because the art style is very fantastic. Like even the, like without giving away too much, obviously like the idea of the story is the main character, he's going on his own hero's journey, right? That's kind of, you know, what to be expected of these types of action stories. So when he starts off, obviously the way he's drawn, he's shown, he's portrayed, he looks kind of, kind of like not, not a lot's going on there. Not super special. Just like an average, looks like an average um, young 20-something. And then just the further along he gets in his story, the more he's able to do, the more he's able to level up. You can literally see just how different he ends up looking, but it's still, but you're still like, it's him though, because you've watched it happen and they've made it slowly happen with the artwork too. So that by the time you realize wow, he's really come a long way, hasn't he? Because his appearance just looks so much different. Like he looks cooler, he looks more confident and like they can convey that just in the artwork. And that alone is so interesting just because to all the environments that they're in, it's almost like a, like in WoW, they have raids or in video, regular video games, you have boss battles. Like those concepts are all thrown in there. So that's going to be so cool to see different things animated, like different missions that they're going on. Honestly, one of the first couple of chapters has some crazy looking designs for like their environment, like the statues that are super creepy. That's usually used in a lot of the promo stuff just because that is the beginning of the story. And it's very pivotal to like what ends up kind of setting the stage for what's about to happen. And so some of that is like really cool looking and very interesting. So I'm very excited for that. And I hope a lot of people will be excited too, because it's very good. I still haven't finished it, but I am going to get motivated to, you know, try to stay at least caught up so that when it starts to drop, I can, can be ready so I can just, you know, enjoy watching all of the movements rigged and like everything being, you know, full color. It's going to be so beautiful. I can't stress enough how incredible animation is and just all the new anime out there is just mind blowing. And even even the stuff from years ago just is there's something special and unique about all of them. Another very wonderful anime and manga, which I love both the drawn and the animated style. You guessed it. Our favorite it is Demon Slayer. <laughs> so. Demon Slayer fans are super, 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 super anxiously awaiting the third season. Since I read everything, I know basically everything that's going to happen. Now, I'm sure just like any adaptation, 
from manga to anime, there's going to be some things that are done a little bit differently. They might expand on certain areas or arcs more, probably to kind of draw it out and give it as much life as possible. But they also might kind of shift around things and uh, maybe change the order a bit, which I believe they've already done in the uh, in the very beginning of um, Demon Slayer. I didn't start reading it until the Entertainment District arc because at that point I was getting I was like so caught up to the episodes that I would be like, well, <laughs> at this rate, only one episode a week. I mean, I love it, but like I want to know what's happening more. So I didn't start reading until then. So I'm sure things have been a little bit different, um, you know, if you were to compare the manga to the anime. But overall, what I'm trying to say is I can see the future. I know it happens. So without giving anything away to any folks that, you know, don't want to be spoiled or just want it to be a surprise, what we do know about this season three that they've already announced is that it is called the Swordsman Village arc. So that hopefully means we're going to kind of see who is making all the swords for the um, the Demon Slayer core, kind of what that's going to be like. There's a little bit of um, allure and mystery because obviously they don't want the demons to necessarily know where they are. So they kind of have to be a little secretive. And from some of the promo and like, I don't know if you can even call it a teaser because there's really not much they're showing you besides like certain stills and images that kind of tells you right there. Like it's a little bit of like a, Ooh, it's hidden away. So hopefully we'll learn more about that as well as the Hashira that we're going to be focusing on in this season. So last season it was Tengen who he really grew on me. Honestly, I did not like him at first. And, um, it was not only because he slapped always, butt, uh, which I thought was a little bit odd and I know it wasn't meant to be like weird or sexual but it's still kind of it was kind of like a I don't know why this was necessary moment but um I got over it I really grew to like Tengen because he really cared about the three of them which at first he seemed like he was kind of more or less like eh you guys are here to be like fodder for the demons essentially but he kind of turned out to be more like he had the tough guy outer shell, but on the inside, like he really did care a lot. Like he wanted to make sure nobody got hurt. Um, he wanted to make sure that if it came down to it, it would just be him risking things and not anyone else. I mean, like his wives were even in the entertainment district trying to help him and stuff. And, and, but then he was like, okay, guys, it's getting too much. Like I can handle this. So I really liked him go from being this kind of proud, cocky, flashy, high ranking member to somebody who he clearly deserves the title he has, because not only is he absolutely fantastic at his craft, but he has a lot of hidden compassion and just care for the people around. And that motivates him to, you know, do what it takes to save the day. So I really loved Tengen and we'll see more of him, though he did say that he's planning on retiring. So we're going to see if uh, I guess we'll have to see if that happens. But the newest Hashira that we only got to see a little bit of during season one, when they were all kind of deciding what was going to happen with the Kamado siblings. So we are going to see Kanroji Mitsuri and we are going to see Muichiro, which... Why can I not remember his surname? Oh, um, Tokito. Okay. First, let's start with Muichiro. 
So he's the youngest Hashira that they've confirmed. And I think they even kind of said that a little bit too in the episode where Tanjiro is meeting all the Hashira kind of uh, in that in that scene where like they're all discussing what's going to happen with him and Nezuko. He notices that Muichiro doesn't look like he's that much older than him. And that's because I think they actually are very close to the same age. That's super interesting because not that the Hashira are super old. They're really not. The oldest one is Gyome and he's 27. I'm going to be 27. <laughs> so he's really not that old, but they're all at least about 20 or 21. So the fact that Michiro is 14 is pretty impressive. That means that he just has some innate skills, innate abilities, and also he must have, you know, some good luck making it through a final selection. So Michiro is the missed Hashira. And I think in some of the promos and in some of the, um, just the announcements that they've already made, they've shown a little bit of that uh, with the stills, kind of giving you an idea that um, his specific sword style has to do with mist. So that's going to be fun because that kind of makes me think of the mist village uh, with Naruto. Of course, they're going to have an interesting take on it, interesting spin. So I'm very excited to see how that is going to translate um, onto the screen. You know, we see Tanjiro and, you know, uh, Zenitsu, Inosuke, and all of their abilities, you know, with beast breathing, with um, with the thunderclap and uh, whatever the fuck Sunitsu's abilities are, his lightning style. And then, of course, Tanjiro with both water breathing and um, Hinokami Kagura, which is super fantastic every time, every time that, you know, those scenes come up where he's using that new technique. So the mist breathing, I think, will be so fun. I'm sure we're going to see it used in a lot of interesting applications. It just, again, it's so mysterious, which I think is perfect because we're going to be in an area that is a little bit mysterious because not much is really known about the Swordsman Village. And we'll learn more about that when the uh, season comes out. Let's see, how old is... Yeah, so, okay, so Muichiro is 14. And I'm going to look up really quickly how old Tanjiro is. I believe he is also... He's either 13 or 14 at the beginning of the series. Let us see. It shows here that he is... Apparently, Tanjiro does not have an age. (laughs) It could be the Wikipedia page I'm looking at, though. All right, let me find a different one. Okay, he's 13. But actually, I forget that there was a bit of a a whole montage from the beginning of the series, even until the first, like, few episodes. So he is actually, I think, 15... Oh, or he, yeah, he's 15 during the entertainment district. And I believe Inosuke and Zenitsu are probably about that age too. They're probably, you know, 15 or 16. So that's interesting that Muichiro is 14 and, you know, his abilities far surpass Tanjiro, uh, Zenitsu, Inosuke, and um, Genya, another character who uh, shows up, who was also at the final selection with them. So it's, yeah, it's very interesting that Muichiro is already at one of the highest ranks that you can have in the Demon Slayer core. So they are going to definitely show us why he is deserving of that rank. And I'm very excited. I also just love his hair. I kind of thought uh, initially he might be related to Inosuke just because you know how Inosuke's hair also has that blue and um, similar idea. So I guess we'll have to see if they ever address that. And so the, um, the next uh, Hashira that we are going to be focusing on is Kanroji Mitsuri. 
she is known as the love Hashira because, you know, girl power and all that. <laughs> but she is pretty cool. And just because she has like the pink color scheme, you know, like very much like kind of stereotypical what you would expect the the female, one of the female characters to have. Because I forget Shinobu also kind of had like the light um, pastel colors and, you know, she's pretty feminine, kind of girly looking. But she's pretty formidable with her style, with her um, her insect breathing and uh, like the poison. So for Mitsuri, she's actually super strong. We're going to find that out in some cool scenes in season three. But um, love uh, breathing. Try to see if I can find something good on that without uh, without spoiling. Love will be powerful. <laughs> Let's just say that for season three. I'm very curious to see how they're going to visualize that because I know how they did it in the manga. And I think that was interesting. That was cool. And they also showed too, that she just is very, you know, she's also physically strong. You don't expect that because a lot of times, you know, in all sorts of media, not just like anime, even in Western media, a lot of times the um, female characters, they're kind of put into two categories. They're either, you know, dainty and feminine, or they're not like other girls. And it's like, well, there's a lot more than just that. So it's it's pretty cool to see that Mitsuri can, you know, kind of be more of like the, oh, she looks kind of like the girly girl. She's the pretty one, you know, and kind of seems a little flighty or ditzy, but she's a very good slayer and she's very powerful. And I think that's that's super dope. I actually have a Mitsuri figure and I also have one for Obanai um, because they like to hang out together. And it's very sweet. Obanai is the snake, the serpent, Hashira. The one who has the bandages across his face. And he also has heterochromia, which is a condition in which one eye color is different than the other. Fun fact. And I don't know why I remember that. There's so many random bits of knowledge up in the old noggin. And that's one of them. So when I instantly saw him, I was like, he has heterochromia. And my friends that I was watching with, they were like, what? Did you just call him? I said, no, no, no. I said, his eyes, they're two different colors. They're blue and gold. And they were like, oh, okay. So I guess I was the only one that cared about that. But I digress. Bunch of random knowledge up in the old noggin. Mitsuri and Michiro are going to be helping out our heroes, Inosuke, Zenitsu, Tanjiro, and of course, Nezuko. I am very excited to see how the hell Nezuko is going to fight people next because her fight scene in the entertainment district was fantastic. I know a lot of people like to joke that she was a little bit of a one trick pony, but Hey, she, she knew one technique and she was going to, she was going to be like Zenitsu. She was going to do it to the best of her ability. I would joke around with some people that, uh, that Daki would say, you know, is that what you have? All you know is you, all you know how to do is kick. And her little Nesuko was probably like, yeah, and I'm going to do it again. Again, <laughs> but seriously, you, you, you can do a technique really well. Just keep practicing that until it's so deadly. I mean, we see Zenitsu with his first form of lightning breathing and, you know, when he's unconscious and not being completely useless, it's incredible. And, you know, there's a lot of theories out there that say that at this point in the show, or in the series, I should say, when Zenitsu, you know, is, um, he's unconscious and he's, you know, he's not scared. He's not confident. He has a clear head and he can, he can fight. His level 
is arguably that of Hashira level. And he definitely overpowers um, Tanjiro and Inosuke. Of course, he can't always be in that state. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, he's got to learn how to, <laughs> how to fight consciously and not just unconsciously. I'm rooting for our, uh, our embarrassing sad boy who is just looking for a wife and maybe someone who will listen to his, uh, his, uh, his playing, his musical instrument playing. So that's, uh, I think that's pretty much all we know about um, season three. I wonder if they have a release date for it. I know as soon as, um, as, soon as uh, the second season ended, everybody was like, okay, now three. And it's like, guys, we know. We, uh, we've gone through it with most, most anime at this point. It's, it's going to be at least a year. Let's see. I don't see any. I think right now it's just rumors for when the release date is going to be. But people are speculating it's probably going to be early to mid-2023. I would argue it probably will be mid-2023 just because we've kind of seen how long it can take because, you know, animation, uh, as talented as, you know, these folks are at making these things come to life, it takes a lot of time. It also takes money. You know, the studio also is working on plenty of other things too. Sometimes they also want to make sure they have all their ducks in a row. And while Demon Slayer is done, so it's not like they're doing, you know, for Dragon Ball or for, oh God, or for One Piece where they're kind of stalling just because they want to make sure they don't get ahead of the manga. Um, there might be other reasons why it's taking so long, but I bet it's just because they want to make sure everything looks fantastic as it has. They want to make sure that their um, their voice actors are ready to go their team is all set. And, and also too, you know, if it came out too soon, you know us, we're just, we're so self-gratifying. We'd watch everything and be like, we want more Demon Slayer. And that was me after I read all of it in, well, not all of it. I read at the point that I was at. So at the end of the entertainment district, I started reading it. So I read a couple chapters and I was like, am I going to do it? And then basically Partway into the Swordsman Village arc, I just decided to read all of it in one night. Stayed up until about 2 a.m. I was laughing. I was crying. I was so happy that like I got to experience it that way. But also I was so upset with myself because <laughs> now I already know everything that happens. And so a little bit of that magic is gone, but I'm still going to enjoy the hell out of it when it comes out. I kind of felt a little bit like all those memes of uh, Eleven and Stranger Things. I was just like, Papa, me want more Demon Slayer. And then my phone was like, there is no more Demon Slayer. And I got so mad and I was like, you lie. But I didn't throw my phone because it's really expensive and I don't want to have to pay for another one. So that looks like uh, this wraps up... uh, the Sage Solo episode is what I'm going to call it. I have a few ideas in mind, but I'm going to have to workshop it with the boss, a.k.a. the brain, who is currently, you know, out of here because, you know, he's too good for this podcast or something. <laughs> I got to give him shit. It's his birthday and he's taking his driver's chest. So, you know, I got to give him a little bit of grief. Anyways, thank you all for uh, still staying around despite uh, me not having my partner in crime. Uh, you know, as per usual, you can find us on Instagram. You can also email us, send us, you know, funny stories, send us um, manga and anime recommendations, uh, movie recommendations, all sorts of pop culture. 
particularly if it does have anything to do with Japanese pop culture or anything Japanese related. But even if it's not, we'll still entertain it. You know, we're, we're degenerates. We like all sorts of things. That email is at gaijinbento at gmail.com. Again, that is gaijinbento. Send everything. Uh, send nudes. Send, I'm just kidding. No, please don't do that. We don't get in trouble. But send away. Uh, wish Brian luck on his test. Wish him happy birthday. Or, you know, tell him how much uh, a piece of trash he is for ditching me. I'm just playing. But you guys know the drill. And uh, everyone have a great week. And hopefully Brian will come back to us one day. <laughs> but until then, I will be your MC. So everybody be good and sayonara.